Hello, my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is really exciting and features two guests. So the most I've ever had before is one guest, so it was a different dynamic, but I think we made it work. I have welcomed on Danielle, who is on the podcast to share her positive birth story, which is honestly so positive and so inspirational and motivational. I really feel like a lot of you listening are going to listen to her story and listen to her talk about birth and feel like, yes, I can do this. I think you'll feel empowered. So she's come on to share her positive birth story. The other thing about Danielle's birth is that she had it photographed. um, And so we're going to be talking a little bit about her experience of having it photographed. But the other guest I have on is Mia. And Mia was actually the photographer at Danielle's birth. And so I'm going to be talking to Mia about birth photography and kind of why she wants to photograph births, how it tends to work, the positives of doing it, and you know, a few other things about birth photography as well. So sit back and relax and I will play the episode. Hello and welcome to the podcast to Danielle and Mia. Thank you both so much for coming on to talk to me. You're you're my first like duo of guests. So um hopefully we don't keep talking over each other. <laughs> yeah. I mean I do it a little bit when I've just got one guest on. It's really hard over Zoom to um to not talk over each other because you're not quite sure when somebody's gonna talk. Yeah. But um it's okay. We um we'll make it work. So Danielle is a first-time mum and has the gorgeous Ziggy, who I can see right now, but obviously my listeners won't be able to, but he is beautiful. And he was born in February and Danielle is going to talk about her birth story with us. And the other very special thing about Danielle's birth is that she had it photographed and the photographs are amazing and what an amazing keepsake to have and look back at forever it's just incredible so we also have with us Mia who is the photographer who took these photos and so we're going to be talking to her about birth photography in general and how it can really add to your birth and um yeah make it a very memorable um experience for everybody so welcome both of you thank you for coming on Danielle if I start with you and talk to you a little bit about your birth um I know you had an incredibly positive experience and you did hypnobirthing so what was it that kind of first got you interested in hypnobirthing where do I start so I guess I guess I, I always I always knew I wanted a family I always knew I wanted children but I guess I had this mentality of there is no way a child is ever coming out of me um I don't think I'm on my own thinking that way but I just thought to myself I didn't, it was quite, it was quite clear to me. I didn't understand the female anatomy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't learn it in school. I say it so much. We just, we don't mm-hmm. learn it in school. So why, why would anyone know actually what happens? It's quite terrifying when you don't know. Exactly. And I was so, I, I, I do you know what? I, I think it would be a lie to say I was so delighted because oh, I was just filled with fear. Even mm-hmm. though I knew I wanted a family and I was desperate to have a baby in my mind, I kind of skipped out the middle part of actually, I was desperate to be pregnant even. I was really, I couldn't wait to be pregnant. But just the the, the middle part of birth kind yeah. of left my mind. And then it was only until maybe, so I fell pregnant in May and I think, yeah, I found out in June. And then it was only October time when I started to show and it started to feel real. I thought, oh, 
this baby's going to come out of me. Yeah. How am I going to get to that point? So I, I, from, from friends and from social media and things, I've heard of hypnobirthing, but I didn't really know what it was, especially because of the words hypno, you automatically think it's some form of hypnotizing aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I had no idea what it was. So I started from the beginning. I bought two books. I bought one by Siobhan Miller and I bought one by Holly DeCruz. Uh, oh, and I also read one from, I think it's Jennifer Collins, 10 Moons. Oh, right, yeah. It's more about the full trimester, but it's, it's also about understanding the female body and the safeness of birth. And I started, and I started reading it and instantly I was hooked. Like when I mean hooked, I mean actually addicted to reading about hypnobirthing. I was completely obsessed with it. I loved it. It just spoke to me. It was completely my language. I understood it. But what I loved most about it was how, just how natural it is. It was very much, it, it suited me. I'm, I'm, I, I like the teamwork of it. So I like the fact that you work as a team. I like the fact that you just understand yourself more. I like the fact you just take your time. And I just, I just become, I just got very hooked on learning about hypnobirthing. It makes and, sense, doesn't it? It's just very logical. I think that's something so many people don't realise. They think it is very uh, kind of alternative and a bit woo-woo, but it's just very logical. It's, you know, it makes perfect sense. I think and, it's so natural as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. It felt very, it, 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 I just understood all of a sudden I understood the female body and it, I was I was on holiday at the time I was in Dubai um lockdown rules started lifting a little bit in October so we snuck off for a few days to Dubai um me and my husband and I just couldn't stop talking about these books that I was reading around by the pool I was reading and reading and reading and I loved it so much and I, I, I remember on our last night we was having dinner and I said to my husband that I feel angry that you live let's say for so for example I'm, tw- I'm 32 so for 32 years, I've lived in this vessel, in this female body, and I haven't paid any attention, really. Yeah, I've put lipstick on, and yeah, I've done my hair, but that is so superficial. Like, my womb has been here the whole time. My female reproductive system has been here the whole time, and I've not paid any attention. And that's quite scary, really, because when, in my early 20s, I had um, most of my cervix removed, actually. Really? Um, due medical reasons. Um, that's probably another reason why I was scared about birth. But I, um, long story short, even through that, I, I ignored the female body. And then through hypnobirthing, I started to learn about it and appreciate it and fall in love with it. And all of a sudden, I loved my stretch marks. I loved my pregnant body. I loved my bump. I loved putting on weight. I just loved everything about being pregnant. I really embraced it. And I thought I would anyway but I embraced it even more due to hypnobirthing because I I started to understand the female body and what was going on in there. It was cool. It was really interesting. And I got really geeky with it and I loved it. I think something else I say a lot as well is that, you know, when it comes to birth and things like that, like we don't really think about it before because it's not relevant to us, you know, when we're younger and we're not thinking about having children. People tell us horrible stories and things like that about birth and we just listen and we move on and we don't focus on it. But it's only really when we become pregnant that we start thinking, oh, like, hang on, I didn't know any of this about what's actually happening. And we, you know, I think it all becomes a whole new thing for us. And so many, in fact, pretty much everyone I know who has done hypnobirthing and had a positive birth experience just feels like they want to 
talk about it constantly. <laughs> and um, I, I felt like that as well myself when I had my two. I just wanted to tell people and anyone that got pregnant, I was like, you need to do hypnobirthing. And not everyone's ready to uh, kind of receive the message of it. But I, yeah, it's one of those things. And I said it on another episode with somebody else. It's like a calling. You kind of want to talk about it all the time. It, it's very, yeah, something that a lot of people are passionate about, I think, which is great. It's good to spread that message. So what did you do to uh, prepare for Ziggy's birth? Was there anything in particular in terms of like uh, breathing and relaxations and things like that? So I guess I prepared for the birth by, yeah, I carried on reading. I did a hypnobirthing course. Um, How I prepared for it the most was I, I just, I started to fall in love with the idea of birth. So I got really excited about the event itself. So in my mind, I was having it at home. No question about it. It was happening at home. Um, it was happening in the water. It was happening with my music on, with my candles everywhere. But um, I started to prepare for it mostly by just getting really excited with my birthing partner, who was my husband. So my husband's very excitable about events and things, just like me. And we just treated the birth like a really fun, lovable, exciting event. When I say event, I don't mean a party, but I mean celebration, yeah. like a wedding or just one of the most momentous, important days of your life. And my husband is very similar to me in that respect. So he was fully on board. And I, I said to him, I want you to, as, as much as you want to be part of this birth as a birthing partner, I want you to be as involved as you want. And I just saw his face change. His eyes opened. He went, really? What do you mean by that? And I, and I said to him, you know, whatever you want to do as part of this birth, do it. I want you to be fully involved with it. And he went, like what? So, for example, I asked my husband, if you want to cut the cord, you can. If you want to be the first one to hold Ziggy, you know, in terms of Ziggy coming out, if you want to be the one to deliver him, to catch him, catch him in a way. And all of a sudden I could see my husband, I could see Ben, I could see his his mind just started ticking with all these ideas. Oh, what, I can do this. Oh, what, I can do that. Oh my God, this is so cool. Thank you so much. And all of a sudden, it was like I invited him into my safe space of birth and I created our safe space as a, as a couple. Yeah. You don't, you know, you don't have to be married. You don't even have to be in a relationship. It could be a family member. It could be a friend as your birthing partner. But for me, it was my husband and we shared that together. And that that is how I prepared for birth we worked as a team and we just got really excited you know from the buying the candles on Amazon the battery ones to buying all our essential oils together to picking a we I picked a lady who actually made essential oils with her her own hands for me you know it was all so beautiful to get all these people on board and then you know and that's how I prepared We, we just got really excited together and, it, and we had so much fun with it. And thank God we did that because I was in latent labour for 97 hours, which we can go into later on if you want to talk about that. But if it weren't for being prepared, I would have got through that. Amazing. Days. 97 hours. So, yeah, so it's about working together, really, and just getting really excited and looking forward to the birth. It's lovely to look forward to it. You know, so many people are so scared of it, but it's lovely to think you know be excited about it because it is such an amazing occasion you know no matter how it goes um it's you know a life-changing moment so uh, to look forward to it is like like you would like you said like a wedding or something you know 
nice to treat it with the same amount of kind of um, importance as a wedding, which we plan for, you know, months in advance. But, um, you know, for some reason, when it comes to birth, a lot of people don't plan for it. And it's really important that you do for that reason so that you can be excited. So tell us your birth story. So uh, my birth story. So as I said, uh, there was a there was a lot of manifesting going on. There was a lot of focus. There was a lot of, right, this is happening. We are giving birth at home. And, I, you know, that can be dangerous in a way because I guess you could set yourself up for disappointment if it doesn't happen the way you want it. But for me, that was where I was heading and I was excited. I was looking forward to it. And that, yeah, that's just, that's where I was heading. So Tuesday, the 15th of, I think it was the 15th, Tuesday, the 15th of February, I woke up at 5am to a contraction, to a surge. That is what woke me up. And I was so excited. I was like, it's happening. It's happening. And I was, I was just, I was over the moon and, and it got to about six o'clock and I'd had them every 10 minutes. And I was absolutely ecstatic. We phoned the hospital, we phoned the midwives and the midwife came around right away. And I was like, right, I am ready to give birth. I am so ready for this. And she just casually examined me. She looked and she went, oh no, you're, you're two, you're three, you're, she said you're three centimeters, three centimeters dilated. That's pretty good still. Well, I didn't really know what that meant. So I, I just, I was just beaming with so much happiness. I was like, brilliant, yeah, give me that. She was like, no, 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 not just yet. You need to be about six centimeters before we start really get things going. And I was like, oh, okay, right. And I was, I was a bit naive. I was just so high on life. I was just so excited that um, I didn't really know what it meant. But she said the baby should be here by midnight. So uh, I was just, you know, I, I text my dad. Uh, I was just so excited. I jumped in the shower. I washed my hair. And as you can see, that's a rare occasion. Wash my hair, shave my legs. Um, I did a face mask. I had a full on, I put molten brown on everywhere. I, yeah, did a face pack. I was ready for birth. I put my favorite dressing gown on, my favorite pajamas. I was like, yeah, I am doing this. And I felt incredible. 5 p.m. came, nothing. 8 p.m. came, nothing. So I phoned the hospital. I was like, what is this? What is going on? And she was like, oh, it sounds like you're in latent labor. Now, with hypnobirthing, I've heard of latent labor, but in all the hypnobirthing books and courses that I read and listened to, all the podcasts I heard, latent labor hadn't really been mentioned that much except from you might experience it for a few hours, maybe even a day, but it's nothing really to think about. Right, okay then. So this lady, this midwife said I should be giving birth by, mid- by midnight. Midnight came, nothing, so I went to sleep. Still getting surges every 10 minutes at this point, all lasting 45 seconds, which is quite intense. So wow, I was, that is. Yeah, I was exhausted. Wednesday happened, nothing exactly the same so and me and my husband i i was texting even though he was by my side i was whatsapping him um every surge so we can keep track of it because i was trying to do it up with a with a pen and paper but i didn't have the energy i didn't have the energy to write so typing was easier he was having a whale of a time we all did dominoes we was watching married at first sight in australia back-to-back episodes we, he was having a great time so that was on the wednesday uh, then the Thursday, exactly the same, every six or ten minutes. Um, but they weren't, but I kept phoning the hospital and they kept saying, you're not frequent enough, so you're definitely not in established labour. Wow. What on earth is going on? So I, 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 what was getting me through, though, was my breathing. Yeah. My, everything I'd learned in hypnobirthing, if it weren't for the hypnobirthing, I would not have coped. 
because surges every six or ten minutes for days on end that is a lot intense so thank god for hypnobirthing those those were the most important breaths of my life yeah that breathing got me through that week Friday came and I'd lost all focus. I'd lost all motivation and I was so deflated. I was, I felt quite, not sad, but just the most, yeah, just deflated. So, so deflated. I text my friend and my friend kindly sent me so many happy photographs of me and my happy dogs and things like that. Um, And affirmations to say, dig deep, come on girl, you can do it. I'm part of a mum club WhatsApp group, which was absolute saviour. And they were all like, just cheering me on, basically. Just That's like, so nice. oh, girl, dig deep, dig deep, you can do it. And it was just getting me through. I mean, it was it was just quite unbelievable that that it was on day four at that point. Still nothing. It got to about six o'clock Friday night and we all did a KFC. And I was just like, oh, I'm done. I'm absolutely done. What is going on with my body? And we put Spice Girls on. We put Backstreet Boys on, Meatloaf, Queen, you name it. I was dancing around the house. Xavier Rudd, Disney. The Peter Pan song, uh, You Can Fly, because the words, I sing it to Ziggy every day, actually. The words are about happy thoughts. And if you, it's about what you think and you can fly. And I was like, right, if I think happy thoughts, I will give birth. So I was sitting there on my bouncing ball and, Anyway, so I was eating our KFC and I, and I went for it. I went for a wee and I thought, oh, that feels different. Maybe my waters are broke. But as we all know, it's not like the movies. It's not a big gush. It's not. It should just be like a little drizzle. So I didn't know if my waters are broke. So we called the midwife again. The midwife came round. She couldn't tell. She said mm-hmm. it was um, too mucousy and she couldn't tell if my waters are broke. You're going to have to go to hospital. I was like, hell no, I'm not going to hospital because I know if I go, I'm not going to come home. I'm having a home birth. I'm not going to hospital. I know what this means. And she was like, well, if your waters have broke and we don't know if they have and we don't induce you, you can get an infection. It can be very dangerous. So then my husband went into overdrive. He's like, right, we're going, we're going. We're not getting you unwell or the baby, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, right, we're going to hospital. I was sulking. I was dragging my heels and I sat down with a heavy, like a heavy bum, like, mm, heavy hands, heavy bum, just heavy everything. Just, I'm, I'm, I've been sent here. I don't want to be here, but my midwife told me I should be here. And I, I was quite, I was quite difficult. I'm not going to lie because I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be at home and have my baby. They were so kind and they were so lovely and they understood that I didn't want to be there and they didn't take offence and they were so, so kind. But if to any pregnant women who do listen to this, I, I wouldn't recommend that attitude to have because that didn't serve my body well because all of a sudden I weren't filled with happy thoughts. I weren't filled with my oxytocin. If anything, I was just getting myself worked up. So I don't recommend that attitude. So <laughs> you know what though? A really similar thing happened to me with my second daughter. I My waters went like that and we had to go into hospital to have them checked and I wanted to be at home and it was exactly the same and I thought oh if I go in I'm going to be stuck in the system and I'm not going to get out again um so I kind of I get it like it's not where you want to be but um I I just kept thinking do you know what they're not going to make me stay even if they try to I'm just going to leave yeah well that's the thing and I I, because it was my first day but I didn't know what to expect I was just crying I was just sobbing and they confirmed that my waters had broke and I sobbed 
I was so upset. If anything, I was hoping my waters hadn't broke. Right. So I would definitely give birth at home. So all of a sudden, my, my mindset was wrong. I weren't in the hypnobirthing mindset. I weren't in the right mindset for birth because the fact that I was thinking, oh, no, I don't want my waters to have broken, that's not the right mindset. And it was just all wrong. And then they kept me there till 3 a.m., from, from midnight to 3 a.m. to monitor yeah. uh, mine and the baby's heart rate. And again, I was sulking. If anything, the thing kept turning off. Because the thing kept turning off. I think I was, I, I, I weren't sitting still. I was so uncomfortable. The whole thing was just a bit of a nightmare anyway. So I managed to get into bed at three o'clock. I woke up at six to another surge. Because don't get, don't forget, I was still surging every yeah. six to 10 minutes throughout this whole time. 97 hours I was going for. And um, on the Saturday morning so 6am I was woken up by another surge but all of a sudden they were every two to three minutes wow oh my god uh, you'd think I was excited but so I went I, I was in bed every two to three minutes I ran to the bathroom I threw up so ladies that can happen you yeah can it's just adrenaline isn't it yep so I threw up in the bathroom I threw um, up both of mine did you and then I am. Um, I crawled back to the bedroom. I didn't get into bed. I got to the end of the bed. I was on all fours, crying with fear. So I, in a way, I think I had missed established labour. I think I slept through it because at this point I was in the transition stage. Wow. I woke up in the transition stage because my latent labour was so long. Yeah, you were just used to it by that point. Oh my god! So I woke up in the transition stage, which is so scary because in the female body, in the transition stage, it's fight or flight mode and you yeah. go into animal mode where anim- animals like mammals tend to um tend to hide to give birth like um cats dogs mice you name it they they hide um and I was hiding it in my dressing gown I was putting it over my head I was shaking and I woke up in the transition stage which was really scary I find that insane like I remember with Violet I remember the exact point I was started shaking. I threw up all over Chris. He was standing next to me. I literally threw up all over him. And I just remember. And, I, and then I started mooing like a cow. Like that was my only way of getting through it. I was like, oh, like I'm not going to do it because no yeah. one needs to do that. But my sister's got a video of me and she's like, you just like, you just changed. And yeah. to, to, to think that you missed that whole bit before that's kind of getting you ready and gearing yeah. you up for that is just crazy. It's very primal as well, which is very why you, know, you say like mooing like a cow. Yeah. Like it's just... It, you know, whatever comes to you, you whatever works for your body to get through it. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, the reason, yeah. So during that transition stage, you're completely right. You go into fight or flight. So you release adrenaline um, and that's to help your body obviously push your baby out. So you get a rush of adrenaline, which is probably why you were sick as well. It doesn't happen to everyone. It didn't happen to me, but some, some people obviously that happens to. Um, and it's just because you've gone from being like nice and calm um, and kind of not aware, you know, in your cases, uh, Danielle, of what's going on to suddenly like, oh, <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. And I, yeah, like me, I said, I was moving and the, we called the mid, well, Ben called the midwife. They came round and luckily one of them was from the night before who said, your waters may have broke, you have to go in. It was so nice to hear a familiar voice. And mm-hmm. I just heard myself say, Stace, Stace, is that you, Stace? And she was there in my bedroom. She was like, it's me, darling, it's me. She was so kind. And that one was Ali, um, who you know, Claire. Yes. She was, again, so lovely. Both of them were incredible. And I was on all fours by this point, mooing. 
And they were, they said, they were just about to examine me. They went, we know she's giving birth. She's in the giving birth stage. She's giving birth right now. Wow. If you want to, if you want to give birth in the pool, let's go downstairs right now. Cause you're giving birth. So it was so quick. Um, which I think, you know, is, is, I think I deserved a quick one considering I was in 97 hours of latent labor. Your body had probably done a lot of work, yeah. like even if it hadn't shown. The hard work, like Ziggy did all that hard work during that time. No, I was just going to say, you're saying, oh, I, like, it was a quick one. I don't even, like, you've done so much before that time that, give yeah. you some credit, like, you went through so much before that giving birth stage. Yeah. That's what I mean as well. I say it to people, but, like, when you have a vaginal examination, it doesn't, like, it might only tell you you're, like, three or four centimetres, but there might have been so much other stuff going on for all that time that was gearing up to... Um, you know, you actually having your baby. So the kind of dilation stage, how dilated you are, it doesn't always mean that much because no. your body was obviously doing whatever it needed to do. So exactly. actually when it came to that kind of second stage, it was, you know, really quick. And remember, you've actually just carried that baby for nine months as well. Like yeah. that in itself is... I mean, it's all so meant to be. And I think I think my baby was working so hard in in the latent labour stage that made the birth as magical as it was because all the hard work had been done during that stage. So I'm, even though the 97 hours was, it felt like hell at the time. I'm so thankful for it because I really think it led to the birth that we had. So I went downstairs, I got in the pool straight away. And um, at that point I, I lost control and I was screaming. I was shouting at the midwife as much as I loved them. And they were amazing. I was shouting saying, get this baby out of me. I cannot do this. I cannot do this. That is another sign of transition stage as well. When you start yeah. saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say when I said with my transition stage. So I, this is why I wish I'd done hypnobirthing because I didn't go into calm after this. I was literally screaming at my midwife going, just car out of me to take me to have a cesarean. I was going insane. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's horrible. It's really scary. I didn't calm well. down either. <laughs> the, the feeling of the, that the surges that are happening when the baby is um, coming down... They're, they're crazy, aren't they? It's so intense that you 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 it, you can't say anything except get this thing out of me. Yeah. And the midwife very clearly and very loudly and very firmly, in a very kind way, said to me, "You are doing this. You are doing it. So let's crack on." And I really appreciate that she was so firm and so wonderful. It kind of like snapped me out of it. And all of a sudden, because I always pictured giving birth on all fours or standing up, all of a sudden I rolled onto my back, which I know is like the worst position to give birth in. But for me, it was most comfortable. It felt I, right, yeah. In the, birth, it does. in the birthing pool, the water just took my weight. So I rolled onto my back. I was more like sitting. Would you say I was sitting, Mia, rather than laying down? I was yeah, you sitting. were like... Almost like you were held onto the side and almost like you were floating the bottom of your yeah. body. On you, can't, you can't lay down anyway in a like, flat in the birth yeah. pool. So it was more like sitting, yeah. yeah, sitting but reclined onto the birthing pool. Mm. And because of what the midwife said to me of, you are doing this, I had two choices. I either put all the hypnobirthing into practice and have the best birth ever, or I have the worst experience ever and just get through it and then meet my baby at the end. Yeah. So in that moment, I made a decision. I'm going to smash this and I'm going to give birth and meet my baby and celebrate. Uh -oh. I just rolled over onto my bum and all the noise just stopped. 
and it just went silent. It was just so quiet. There was no noise. There's no shouting. There's no swearing. My God, did I swear before? There was no swearing. There was no screaming. I just breathed my baby out, and I, I, I know, I know people say that in books and stuff that oh, you know, breathe your baby out. And before I thought, oh, what a load of our nonsense. But I swear, on Ziggy's life, I breathed him out. There's no Amazing. screaming, no pushing, no drugs, no gas and air, nothing, and it did not hurt. So, ladies, it does not hurt if you breathe. And I just Amazing. breathed, and it was incredible. And um, so Ben put the playlist on. He put he put on his swimming trunks. He got in. And he put our playlist on, which was um, uh, Katy Perry Firework, uh, I'll Be There um, by Michael Jackson, Xavier Rudd, um, Follow the Sun. But Ziggy was actually born to um, Circle of Life from The Lion King. Oh, I love that. That's <laughs> so cool. so, um, so the midwives kind of stood back and they were looking at each other going like, is she still surging because she's gone very quiet? Because I, I literally, I was just, you couldn't tell whether I was surging or not. So the midwives took a step back, bless them. And we were just all, we were laughing at one point. I mean, when the Michael Jackson song came in, we all started saying, oh, what a shame about all that. You know, <laughs> we, were, we were laughing. It was beautiful. And the midwives um, took Ben's phone and, started, and said, would you like me to take photos and video for you? And Ben was like, oh, lovely. And which prompted the conversation of, um, we was going to have our friend take photos of, of the birth, but due to COVID, it, we, we had to cancel. And the ladies both had their vaccines and um, we oh, had natural tests at our house, you know, the very quick ones. Yeah. Um, and they said, well, the baby's going to be here within about 10, 15 minutes. If you want her to be here, we don't mind. The midwives were so lovely. They were so cool. They went, well, we don't mind. So Ben went, oh. And by this point, I was in the zone. So Ben really didn't talk to me, but he texted Mia because they are friends as well. So Ben texted Mia saying, Mia, it's happening if you if, well Mia can tell you what happened because I've never read these messages um, and I'm sure Mia will tell you what happened but um and Mia turned up and Ziggy wriggled out he wriggled into my husband's hands he literally was born what about three or four minutes after I arrived and it was just beautiful but the best thing about it was the midwives they'd they'd set up all downstairs like me and my husband thought we did a good job with like ridiculous amounts of towels and things like that and the candles but the midwife set up like a whole section in the living room of of just their own working area and they do yeah yeah they looked after the, the way they looked after me afterwards they cleaned me they cuddled me they hugged me they hugged the baby the mid the, the kindness and the realness of the midwives like it weren't airy fairy it was very real like it was still gritty it weren't like yeah I'm not sugarcoating it, you know, there was still yeah. blood everywhere. And it was it's still very hard work, like, even though yeah, it sounds yeah. like... No, it was beautiful, and he was born to a Disney song. It was no Disney film, trust yeah. me. Like, the midwives, there was still, like, stuff, and, and the, the midwives just held the room. They were, they gave me full autonomy, they gave me full control, but in terms of what they did, they were in full control, and they were incredible, that's what you want, isn't it? You want them to be there, but kind of just uh, on the sidelines until, you know, if there's a yeah. situation where they need to not be kind of thing. Yeah. They were absolutely outstanding. They were just they were, they were outstanding. And when Ziggy came out, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck twice. 
Um, so sadly, my husband couldn't cut the cord, but in that moment, I didn't really understand what was going on. So I kept saying, I want him to cut the cord. I want him to cut the cord. They thought it was round once, didn't they? So then they, they unwrapped it while he was underwater, went to bring him out. Then because it was like under the fold of his neck, they realised it was then round the second time. So then it turned into a bit of like, okay, we've got to cut the cord now. Yeah, they worked so quickly and... Um, uh, do you know what? Can, if I'm going to be really honest with you, I feel like I haven't done the birth justice. Really? Maybe. It sounds pretty amazing to me. <laughs> oh, no, but maybe, maybe my words cannot convey how amazing it was. And all I can say is hit the birth in, made it. Hit, honestly, it made it. It was peaceful. It was serene. It was quiet. It was just gorgeous. When I walked in, it was the, the whole environment was just so, like... Danielle just had her eyes closed and she was just breathing and she just she didn't even know that I had arrived like she was just in her zone completely and I was just like I remember saying to Ben I was like wow this is amazing he was like if you were here an hour ago you were saying that <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> but I was like she's doing so well like she's just like she's just doing it she's just yeah in it like she's in that zone that's yeah. the thing the birthing allowed that to happen because before I was moving and do you know what I don't take I don't want to take away that I'm glad I moved I'm glad I was in pain at that point I'm glad I was scared because I it it allowed me to experience and face the realness and the rawness of birth I'm glad it won't um um I'm I'm glad that I wasn't able just to breathe through the whole thing because I don't think that's realistic I'm so glad I experienced a transition stage because and 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 the latent labor because I, I feel like we can raise awareness to, to let women know you will, you, it's likely you may experience that. And, and in that moment of fear, this is how you get out of it. Because yeah. hypnobirthing gave me that choice to get out of that stage. It was like being in a room. It was like being in a room and hypnobirthing gave me the key to get out of that room. If it weren't yeah. for hypnobirthing, it would have been a very different birth. And um, I, I don't, I don't want to sound as if, I know what I'm talking about because I really don't, but I, it's likely in births where there is screaming and crying and pain and pushing and not being able to get the baby out because you're in so much fear. I would be surprised if that's maybe because hit the birth isn't present in that birth yeah. and the breathing techniques haven't been taught or learned. And, I, you know, it was the breathing and the knowledge and the information which allowed me to get out of that room. It gave me the key. Yeah. I got out of that room and I got into a room which was the most serene, beautiful room I've ever stepped into in my life. And that's where Ziggy was born. He, he, it's like choosing where you want your baby to be born. Yeah, definitely. Or that room. That's a good analogy. I like that. I haven't thought about it before, but now I'm, I'm trying to picture it in my mind as exactly how it felt at the time. You've got to think quickly as well because it all happened so quickly. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was really lucky we didn't need an intervention. Um, and I know births don't, don't always happen like that you don't do sometimes need intervention but goodness I was so scared in the transition stage if I never got out of that stage who knows may we well may, have needed yeah it. we may have needed intervention because that baby weren't coming out well he also was. it's just it's so important that people realize and that people like listening to this is that it isn't always a you know perfect birth you know your your birth to somebody written on paper might sound like totally perfect. Oh, I'd love that birth. And for you, that was your perfect birth, but it didn't 
you were scared at some point yeah. and like you said you knew how to work your way out of that yeah. which is kind of what hypnobirthing is about it's not about saying oh you're going to float through your birth you're not going to feel any pain you know you're, you're just going to breathe and the baby's going to pop out it isn't about promising people that because things you know birth is very unpredictable and things come up you know that we might not have expected and it's all about how you deal with it so even somebody that has had quite an intervention heavy birth if they've done their hypnobirthing the likelihood is that they will still feel very positive because they knew how to navigate their way around that intervention I completely agree and I think um the more challenges that are thrown into the journey of birth the more reason to use the hypnobirthing tools Mm -hmm. and People may think that hypnobirthing is only for, um, I, and I, I'm scared to use the word straightforward birth, but I don't know any other way to describe it. But um, I would say if you were to have a challenge in birth and having to make decisions, even more reason to learn. Even more important, exactly. So even more important to know those skills yeah. and to know those breathing techniques because the more challenges thrown your way in birth, because anything can happen, the, the more important it is that you have that um, toolkit under your belt. And even more reason to have a birthing partner there who's also taking part in your hypnobirthing journey because sometimes when you're struggling to dig deep because you're in that over transition period or you're faced with fear, your partner can hold your hand or look at you or speak to me with firmness the way, you know, my husband did and the hypnobirthing, sorry, the midwife did, who can say to me, come on, you are doing this. You are doing it. Come on, you're doing it. And and it's, it's, it's amazing that, your birthing partner and the people who are present at your birth also is on board with your hypnobirthing because they'll know how to help you dig deep and how to get you out of that situation. Definitely. I'm sure Mia knows more about the birth than I do because like Mia said, I was zoned out. So, (laughs) Well, thank you. I mean, what a guy. Yeah. What a lovely story. And also just very incredibly positive. Like I feel like everybody listening to this will be like, very motivated by your words about birth and digging deep and all of that. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story. It's so important that we share positive birth stories because there's just not enough of them. And, you know, we need to, uh, we need to share them as much as possible. Okay. So Mia, let's talk to you about birth photography. So you obviously photograph lots of different things, families, Mm -hmm. weddings. Why, why birth? What made you want to photograph birth? Um, I would say because it is the most raw form of photography, I guess. It's Mm -hmm. real and it's raw and Obviously, when I photograph people, I work in a way anyway that I kind of it's, it's, I work in a very natural way. So I just catch people doing what they're doing. But obviously, people are conscious that there's a camera there. So people probably do act a certain way or whatever. But with birth, they don't. It's like I'm not there. They are in their zone. So they don't act a certain way. So for me, I don't know. I just love the fact that it's that it's complete raw. That's the I don't know. I keep using that word, but no, it's, it's so real and being able to photograph the not so happy part not not so happy parts but the harder parts Mm -hmm. the um just I don't know just everything like the connection between the people in that room is just like something you'll never that I'll never experience for photographing obviously like weddings yeah you but it's still there's nothing like the birth of a child so to be able to photograph that is 
well, it's just, I don't, I can't even put it into words. I don't know. I mean, you were getting emotional when Danielle was telling her story. So it's obviously, there's a lot of emotion involved in it as well, isn't there? You know, you're there for... I do cry when people give birth. Oh my God. I mean, I would as well. Absolutely. It's a very emotional, um, significant moment for, you know, everyone in that room. The midwives have seen loads of births, but, you know, for the rest of us, it's, you know, you're going to stay with you. Watching the parents together. I don't know. It's just them. It's just them like few moments before the baby actually arrives. It's like they become one person. Like I can't. How amazing. Like they become one person to birth that baby. I can't, I can't explain it properly. No, that, I mean, that's a, I can, I can understand what you mean. That is a good, that's a good description. Yeah. It's and it, like, it is a team, team effort. Yeah. It's just them few moments just before, like it really amplifies like their togetherness and their connection. Yeah. Yeah. Their connection. So when you are booked to photograph a birth, how does it typically work? So for listeners who are perhaps interested in, you know, having a photographer there, how would it work? You know, do you meet them first? You're obviously on call for a while while they're potentially going to go into labor. I would, as soon as someone inquires about it, I would say to meet up before we even agree that they want to have their birth photographed or whatever. I would always say, Let, let's meet up and let's talk because some people might not gel with me. They might not, yeah. I might not be their person. They might meet me and they don't. They, I did actually have someone, a lady come to my house once and I don't think I ever heard from her again. So I <laughs> wasn't her type of person. <laughs> Um, that's very important you have to be you know as we know comfortable with people and I think you have to yeah you just you have to be able to well you're letting them into that space that's the most sacred space it's like this that's your time with I would say meet up a good few times before and especially kind of just like in the last month of pregnancy I'd say meet up a couple of times just so you've got that relationship just beforehand Oh, Danielle, we didn't get to do that because of COVID. I just rocked well, we up. We were friends, weren't we? But we're friends, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think if it's like a, a someone you're not obviously you don't you're not you're not friends with, then it's then it's different. But with being with the actually photographing the birth, so being on call for that, I what I would do is I know a lot of people don't like the word due date, but I kind of have to kind of say what kind of date is your baby due to come because I have to have some kind of yeah guidelines of to where as was to when when it's going to happen so then I would just be on call from like two weeks before to like two weeks after so for about a month I would be on call and I would just all of my other jobs that I have booked in I would have like second dates provisionally booked in for if obviously anything happens and I can't make their sessions that they've got booked in then they've got a backup date so then I would just have my phone on loud it's yeah it's being on call for that time for that long period of time that's why I probably would only do I say one a month you obviously you only really can do one a month because in case people cross paths yeah but it's exciting being on call for it so Pete Danielle obviously I was there like seconds before he arrived so that was like different because we didn't know that I was going to be able to be there we had just come to the conclusion that it wasn't going to happen with my second lady a couple of weeks ago so we were in conversation quite a lot she it was her third baby so we thought it was going to happen quite quickly but it, it actually it her actual birth happened quite quickly but the like the lead up to it wasn't as quick as she thought it was going to be so there was a few times she was like, oh I think it'll be tonight I think it'll be tonight at a couple of days and it wasn't and then it it was the Thursday morning 
that she was oh she's her water's broken she had to see she was actually a hospital birth that i photographed okay she had done hypnobirthing so she used all her hypnobirthing tools in the hospital which was amazing to see like the two different Different, situations but she had to be induced so i went up and then as soon as she got taken into her room but we didn't say i was coming as a photographer we said i was coming as her second birthing partner because we were a bit like even though i am just a second person it doesn't sure it doesn't make a difference whether I'm photographing or not we was like we wasn't sure whether they would be okay with it or not so we just I was, was going to ask that actually about hospitals like how easy is it to I mean obviously it's you know been difficult but it's getting a bit easier now anyway to get into I mean hospitals. I walked in like you know when you've got the police following you you think you've done something wrong even though you've done nothing wrong <laughs> I was like when you've got the police driving behind you like oh no when I went into the hospital I was like um I'm here for so-and-so's birth and they was like okay I was like oh I'm a second birth and I was like what's your name you were really over, over so just like on edge. i was like um um and then i went in and there was like, i'll go and talk to the midwife through there and they'll show you to her room and then as i went around there there was like probably about 13 14 midwives and i was just like panicking that, that they were gonna know as if i'm doing something wrong they're fine with you going in and photographing yeah, it's not really up to them is it it isn't up to them it's i think i worried but actually the midwives are so about what the women want that it's they I think I was just worried. If it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't be worried. I wouldn't have. No. I wouldn't have thought anything. I think it was because you're only just allowed two birthing partners that they might have been a bit like, well, you're not. You don't necessarily need to be there. I know she wants you there, but they are all for what what the lady wants. So it was that they were fine. The lady who she her midwife was actually a community midwife who she's had all through her pregnancy, who she had asked to deliver her baby. So she actually come to the hospital to. Mm deliver the baby so she actually knew already that I was coming there to photograph because they'd be well have a really good relationship um and there was other midwives coming in and they were absolutely fine they were all like oh no we love birth photography like I wish people done it more I really want to see the photos blah 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 blah. so they were they were all for it and I was like oh just let me know if I get in your way they were like no no let us know if we're in your way and I was like no 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 you're (laughs) people I'm just like in the background but no they were the midwives were all amazing I don't know why I worried so much going in there. What stage of labour would you typically go out to a birth? So I would say when women first go into labour, let me know that you think things are beginning. And I will always go, some people might want me there the whole time. So they might want me there from the very beginning. But what I do tend to say, which I think I said to you, Danielle, when we thought it was all going to go ahead, was I would come when everything first starts. If everything moving quite slowly, then I might go for a little while and then come back when things have think you've progressed like a bit more and things have gone a bit further. So then I would say, call me back. But I would just kind of have my phone to hand the whole time. But if people would want me to stay, then I would stay from the very start. But I would probably say when people call their midwives is when they would call me or when they go to hospital when they is when they call me and then if things are moving very slowly then I might go off for a little while and then come back but it just depends on what the women want or what the woman wants whether she wants me there the whole duration or whether she wants me to go and then come back a bit later I suppose yeah if you're there for a really long time it's probably not a lot like actually happening I think it'd be good when you like to first get that then first stage is to to photograph and capture some of that but then I would always probably say it's probably best I go for it while because otherwise I'm just sitting here and you 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 better you just be by yourself like with your birthing partner and then I can come back in when things have actions happening yeah is there I mean obviously you are there photographing Mm. so there's only you know there's an to a degree that you can kind of blend into the background but 
Would you say kind of your presence is kind of noticed? I mean, obviously, as we've said with Danielle, she didn't really notice you were there. So perhaps that's answered that one. But um, I would, I always say when I meet up with people and I would ask this when I first meet them and then I would probably ask it the week before, like well, when we have like our last meeting before baby is born, whether how much they want me to completely blend into the background. Like the lady who I just had in the hospital, she was like, no, I would rather you talk to me. I'd rather us be having conversations. I would rather you just be present instead of actually completely blend into the background. So I would always ask people's preference on that because she was like, I would rather you talk to me so I know that you're there and everyone's completely different but and I do even when they say obviously I want you to talk to me and stuff I do when I first get there we'll still just completely blend into the background and I'll wait and see if they want to talk to me then for them to start a conversation and I do always say to women as well if you at any point can change your mind just like change your mind I don't want you there you literally just tell me and I will leave or yeah. if you want me to go out for a little while and come back in that that is fine what would you say are the benefits of having your birth photographed the benefits of having your birth um, photographed is quite simply, for me, two things. Firstly, birth is so incredible. No matter what your birth looks like, no matter how it happens, your birth is so incredible. It's quite difficult to put it into words. Like what I said earlier on the podcast, you know, I, I feel like I didn't do the birth justice talking to you about it because in all honesty, really, how can you describe your birth? There are no words in the world that can truly convey how beautiful it is, no matter how it happens. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's why I think birth photographs are important. But secondly, it's the most important day of your life. You have your wedding photographed, you had your birthdays photographed, you have your christening, whatever it is. Why not your birth? You know, and it's not for everyone. I I appreciate that. And, you know, there are some family members I haven't even told because I know they'll turn a nose up. There's things that you won't remember from your birth that exactly photographs. You're like, oh my god, I can't. I didn't even know that happened, or jogs your memory. Like, yes, that happened, but I was in so in my zone, I didn't even. But seeing that photograph, you just it brings it to life again, and you just get to relive that whole time like again. Like you look through the photographs, and you just get to relive it, and it's just. I mean, I even looking at the births I photograph, reliving it myself, I'm just like, and then I'll just cry looking at the pictures. And mm. I just think, I just, I also, with Danielle, I filmed as well. So I think having that f- the film as well, because it's literally in action. And I've done that with my birth the other day as well. I haven't edited the film yet, but I think the importance of it is, you see it from a different point of view you and I think you get to just see how amazing you are and see what your body is doing and what you went through and just and what Danielle said you photograph all these massive events in your life there's nothing weird about photographing a birth like it's the most natural thing in the whole entire world you get them photographs of your partner as well like that side of them that you might not see all of the time like that really caring side the little things like the handholds and the back touches and the they're the things that I like to photograph because they're the things that you would never remember even happened. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't even know, you wouldn't, you don't see the support they're giving. You know that they're supporting you, but you don't, you don't actually see it with your eyes. So then to have that photographed, you then think, oh, wow, like, wow, they were there. They were present. They were, oh, it's giving me goosebumps and now I'm going to mm-hmm. cry. <laughs> No, do you know what? It is such a 
it's such a special moment. And I, you know, personally for me, I wish, I don't know, I hadn't, I'd never, it, well, not it hadn't ever occurred to me, but I just didn't really think about it. I mean, I my youngest. It's a massive thing in the UK until no. the last year, I would say. If I had another baby now, which I mean, I, I won't have any more, but <laughs> if I did, then I would definitely um, think about getting a photograph because I, you know, I have my husband snapped like a few photos from mm. my first labor was longer. So there was more time to get photos. My second was um, a bit too short. Like I didn't really have any, but I, I really wish I had some. But I bet them photos are still so special because this yeah. is what another thing is going to say, whether because some people not obviously might not want a birth photographer I would just say even even then photos you, your partner takes on your phone like my the pictures my sister took of me in labor with my first I will literally treasure forever because they are just they're just so special yeah. and even though they're not they're, they're not done by a photographer they're still so special to me they are yeah because they were that time and they're the only things that I can look at and think oh wow like that was when I was birthing my children like it's, yeah. it's how so amazing cool. yeah to have that and I think you, I think it's important or, or special to have a photographer or Mia there um, any type of birth. You know, it's not just home births that, you know, or, or household births, even, you know, cesareans, any any type of birth, because it, or it, it captures that incredible journey that you and your baby shared. You know, your baby just did that incredible. Your baby. How, that, how your baby knows that it needs to do all that hard work. Yeah. It's incredible. And if someone can capture that and capture those moments, the tears, the rawness, even the blood, even the apparatus, everything, the machines. They're like my favourite kind of photos. I, obviously, I love the baby being born. I love the photos of the baby. But I love the photos with the, like with the details. blood and the details yeah. and the, the crying. Yeah, sorry. My favourite photos of, I mean, all, our, all of our birth photos are my absolute precious possession. They even probably more so than my wedding photos. And that says a lot because I love my wedding photos. <laughs> my absolute favourite ones were after Ziggy was born, um, I went upstairs into the bathroom and the presenter came out and I, I took a moment. I don't remember this moment at all, but Mia captured this moment and I'm sitting there and I've got blood all over my tummy and it's just, it's the most gorgeous photo not because I'm in it I couldn't give monkeys that I'm in it but it captures birth and my belly is still huge and then afterwards after I've been um, very kindly cleaned by all the lovely midwives I'm laying on my bed and I broke down in tears I was so overwhelmed with everything I couldn't believe what just happened it was the most incredible experience of my life I loved giving birth I could give birth every single day if I was allowed to. I loved it so much. And it was just too much. It was too incredible. I, I didn't feel worthy. And I laid there on my bed and I sobbed. Thank God Mia was there as my friend. And I'm going to cry now. She just held me and she made me laugh. And always, we're always laughing. <laughs> and it was the most intense feeling. Hormones going everywhere, obviously. But the birth, I didn't feel worthy of that birth. I didn't feel worthy of how beautiful and incredible it was. It was just so insanely gorgeous. You just kept saying the whole time you was like, is this, is this actually happened? Like, it's unreal. It was, that birth just actually happened? Like, is this real? Am I dreaming? Like, it did this happen? Am I this lucky? And I was yeah. just, oh, and really captured that. Like, I've got these photos of me laying on the bed with my head in my hands, sobbing. And like sobbing usually represents sadness or happiness, but this wasn't either. This was just what the hell just happened. 
that was too incredible. I'm so glad those emotions were captured by Mia because if, if I could show any female and say, this is how incredible birth is because the fact you will, you will feel so empowered and so strong and so incredible, but at the same time, don't feel worthy of how beautiful something is. How on earth do you describe that? You can't. Yeah, you, I think can't. you feel quite vulnerable as well. Like what so you do, you're just like, wow. Yeah, it, it's just so surreal. No matter how your birth plans out, no matter how what your birth looks like, whether it be C-section or forceps or water birth, however your birth looks like, you are incredible. Yeah, you are strong. You are vulnerable, and really none of us are as incredible as what that baby just did that baby just came out all by themselves yeah sometimes help with, with professionals but ultimately they came up they knew when to come out and Mia captured that well thank you both so much for coming on and chatting to me and I will leave both of your um Instagram info in my details so people can go and check out the photos because they're on both you know I know you've both shared um lots of the photos of Danielle's I need to update a page on my website actually with birth photos yeah yeah and I'll um yeah I'll obviously I'll um I'll link to your site as well so people can check out but yeah they're amazing they're amazing photos I've shared a couple of them um on my page but um yeah, they're amazing. So thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing both of your viewpoints on it. And Danielle, your amazing story. And um, yeah, Mia, everything you do as well with your photography. So thank you both. Thank, thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. A big, big thank you to Danielle and Mia for coming onto the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode and you enjoyed learning a little bit more about birth photography and also hearing another positive birth story. As I've said so many times, we can't have too many of them. I will be back in two weeks time with another episode. But until then, goodbye. Goodbye.